Hello and welcome to my first episode on the series of Poorly Discussing Forensics Cases. I'm Mallory Morris and I'm joined by my good friend Jenna Maddox. Hi. In today's episode we will be talking about the case of Ernesto Miranda. Okay, so to start out, do you know who Ernesto Miranda is? No, not really. Okay. Well, to give you a brief summary of the case that he did, Ernesto Miranda was a 24-year-old who was convicted of kidnapping, raping, and robbing of a young 18-year-old woman when she was walking home from her work in Phoenix. Have you ever been to Phoenix? No, I've not. You know, I saw a picture of it. Oh, I saw a picture of it. And do you know that Bella, not Bella Thorne. Bella from Twilight. Yeah. She's originally from Phoenix. Well, in the, in in the, the movie. movies, yeah. Yeah, but I just thought of Jesus <laughs> Christ. Get to the case. <laughs> so, to give a backstory for Nesto, he was born on March 9, 1941 in Mesa, Arizona, where he was raised most of his life. He never got along with his family and had his mother pass away at a very young age. So, is that the reason why he did it? I don't... I don't know. It That's his tragic backstory? It could be a motive. You know, he didn't really like his stepmother. He didn't? No, his father remarried. Oh, get into the stepmom stuff. I want to hear about the mom. Well, I didn't get much of the stepmom, but all I know is that. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) He was of Mexican descent and dropped out of school in eighth grade. Does that have to do something with this? I don't know, (laughs) because after eighth grade, he got into a lot of trouble. You know? Oh, my gosh. I'll get into that. But hold on. He was constantly in and out of trouble, even in his first felony in eighth grade. So, did the death of his mom cause it, or just the stepmom being mean? I don't know. There wasn't much about the stepmom. I just know that his mom died at a young age, and he never really got along with. Did he ever family. like? Were there are there any interviews of what he talks about, like why he did it? No, but he did write an autobiography in jail. It was unpublished though. It was like this guy came in and interviewed him, but but uh, he just I don't know. Uh, so I'm gonna list off some crimes he committed. Go ahead. So he was going into a correctional facility for a year for burglary. So he had a long. Long this was before the rape? Yeah, this was before it. Um, was got caught in California for armed robbery and being a peeping Tom. They always start as they peeping Toms. They always start. Tom. Golden State Killer always starts as peeping Toms. Oh my gosh. He stole a car in Alabama and drove it up to Nashville. He got a one-year sentence for that one. Mm. And there's one more case, but I'm going to get into that in a minute. So, he also tried to join the Army, but he only lasted 15 months. Why did he only last 15 months? I don't know, because he's a weak link. <laughs> Uh, he also cut off the tip of his finger in an electric gate while trying to wave goodbye to his friend. He got the tip of his index finger. He off. was waving about it. Yes, that's what no, it said. No, he was in someone's back. He was in someone's backyard. <laughs> that's what it said. He, he tried to run. He tried to run. <laughs> got caught in an electric fence. Bruv, would that hurt? Yeah, obviously. Well, I mean, it was like the tip of his finger. Like, how do you think it reacted? Oh, really? You want me to cut off the tip of your finger to see if it hurts? <laughs> Okay, so the case starts out when the 18-year-old was walking home late at night from the bus stop after working late at her job at a concession stand in the movie theater in downtown Phoenix. So while walking home, Ernesto spots her and pulls up beside her, gets out of the car, grabs her, ties her up, and forces her into the back seat of his car. Jeez. Yeah, he then proceeds to drive out. I'm sorry. (laughs) He then proceeds to drive out of the city and into the desert where he rapes her and after he demands her of all of the money she has. After that, he drove back into the city, dropped her off only blocks away from where she lived. Bro, the suspect was around our age. Mm-hmm. She's 18. What do you You're think he would do? If what I would yeah, do? what would you do? If you I got... carry a weapon on me at all times. So I don't know. Um, bro, I'd go straight, boom. Right, uppercut, 
Mm-hmm. I tried to poke me. out the eyeballs. Right, he wouldn't. He wouldn't lay hand on me. I'm a different breed. I'm a different breed. I'm gonna have to intervene. I don't know on why these one. people. I'm, the one. <laughs> I'm gonna have to intervene on this one. He wouldn't lay a hand on me. All the victims that ran away from Ted Bundy, I'd be one of them. I'd be the ones that got away. <laughs> oh, let me show you a picture of Ernesto. Oh. You know who he looks like? Oh. Lenny from Of Mice and Men. I've never seen that. He's the dude that's like. He's got a lot of mentally disabled, so he, like, squeezes things too hard, and he killed a woman because he hugged her too hard, and then his brother had to put him down after oh it and God. said, Lenny, look at the flowers, look at the put flowers, him down. <laughs> and executed Put him down like a dog. That's what he looked like. That's what he had to. The, the, the town was going to, like, lynch him Oh, my him gosh. I don't know. He's... He killed a woman. <laughs> he just didn't understand he killed her. He just went, why are you moving? Did he have something wrong with him or something? He had a mental disability. He didn't understand. He killed a bunch of bunnies. He had a bunny farm. But he was like, hey, <laughs> why did he kill a bunch of bunnies? Because he would hug them too tight. He didn't understand that things would die. But that's what he looks like. That's the vibes he gives off. <laughs> you know, he's not ugly. Honestly, he's not like Ted Bundy. Just oaf. He was just, oh. He's probably somebody to go on like one tender date and then after like I don't tender know. Tender date, jeez. I don't know. I don't have You're tender. You're minor. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So basically, we know the location. It was in Phoenix, Arizona. We know the year. It was March of 1963, and we know the time and place of the crime. It took place late at night, maybe even early morning, and most like most likely was in a residential area because she was walking home, and we could kind of see his motive in this crime because here's the deal. This wasn't his first time he had attempted to rape somebody. Peeping Tom. Oh my gosh. During those years? So he, he had he had to, he had to serve one year for attempting rape on somebody. So he was no stranger to crime and no stranger to sexually assaulting women. We're no stranger to crime. You know the rules. How when was that? When did he do that? When did he attempt? Uh somewhere between eighth grade and being twenty three. Eighth grade and twenty three? Yeah, Jesus, somewhere that's a big along gap. Yeah, he didn't he wasn't the smartest guy. He dropped out before. Well if he, he got a year for it, I'd guess he's not a minor. Or would a minor get a year for attempted rape? I don't know. He but he got sent to a juvenile detention. That one so. Bryce dude, he only got Who's Bryce? That one dude that what he 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 raped a girl from um, behind a dumpster, and he only got three months of, like, either probation or jail. No, he was in college. Oh, so he probably wasn't a minor when this happened. That's all I think. All right. Continue with the case. On March 2nd, 1963, the victim reported the kidnapping to the police and was brought in for questioning on what the car looked like, but unfortunately could not give a lot of detail due mm-hmm. to the fact that she could not remember what the exterior looked like just days after reporting the incident. The victim and her brother noticed a suspicious car driving around. The victim recognized. She reported that back to the police, and the police traced it down to Ernesto Miranda. I think so, it was... so he attempted to rape her? No, 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 no. He actually raped her. This is the no, this victim. is the actual yeah, this one. Is, that's okay. just, um, actually, the car was uh, in his girlfriend's name. He had a girlfriend? Yeah, he had a girlfriend. He also had a kid. He had a kid? Yeah, and he was a baby, he was a baby daddy. He was like, the, he had a girlfriend. How old was the kid at the time of the rape? It was like, she was like 18 months. Like, she was very young. Oh, it was a baby. It was a baby, baby. Baby girl, they had a baby girl. So, fun fact, after this whole trial, she denied any access to the kid and said, if you good. call back, good. I'm going to report you for her. That's actually good. He was already a criminal, though. Why was she with him in the first place? I don't know, because he tried to change. He tried to go, like, he had to be a model employee for a couple months <laughs> and, then to go to the army. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh you know it didn't work out for him so mm. on march 1st 
1963, the police showed up to Miranda's house and arrested him. They brought him down to the police station for a lineup so the victim could identify if any of these were the suspect. She took a look at the line but could not positively say it was any of them, but pointed out Ernesto. Wait, when was he brought in? Because the, they spotted her, the car that she, like, she okay. saw. So, so they took Ernesto into questioning for two hours, and that's where he confessed to the crimes, even writing a confession stating underneath his written confession. This confession was made with full acknowledgement of my legal rights, understanding any statement make may be used against me. That's weird. Why do you say that? I don't know, because a lot of people say that he was forced under pressure. That's what his lawyer said. But he did that under, like, no one told him to do that? He just did it on his no, own? No, and the thing was, after after the police brought him into question and was like, hey, it's you, and he was like, yeah. I'm yeah, you got it. me. Yeah. You uh, got me, guys. <laughs> that's what eighth grade education does to you. But. <laughs> eighth grade education does that to you. If you go to eighth grade, this is what's going to happen to you. Um, I would never crack under pressure. You say that. You remember. say that. They put me in a but room. They're like, we have CCT cameras. Their crimes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I I want to crack. No, I want to crack under pressure. They put me in a room. And be like, did you do it? No. The ones are like, no. we have your accomplice in a different room. They said you do it. They're literally ratting on you. Whoever rats first gets a better deal, and they're ratting right now. Snitches get stitches. What would you do? Would you just be like, okay, I'll take the worst sentence. I'll take the, the lecture chair. I'll have to intervene on that one. You have to intervene. <laughs> <laughs> so Ernesto goes to trial for his crime and appointed by the county, his attorney, Alvin Moore. Alvin Moore argued in court that Miranda was never told about his Fifth nor Sixth Amendment's rights and that his written confession should not be used as evidence. But the judge overruled this objection and sentenced Ernesto to 30 years in prison. Nice. Would you do that if you're the judge? Sentence him to 30 years? Yeah, even though... I'd sentence him to 20. Depends on how brutal it was. I don't know. Did you did you read the thing I sent you about the victim? How she you was, sent me something? How she was... Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. Yeah, he deserves 30. Yeah. He deserves 30. Yeah. It depends on the brutality. If the, if the victim was, like, not there completely. Yeah. 30. I mean, I don't know. I don't sympathize with rapists. I also don't sympathize with child molestation. Yes, and she was she was eighteen. She, I mean, she was she, well, she was either eighteen or a minor. They don't. No, I can't really find anything on the suspect. On oh, the, the age. victim, so it yeah. could be even worse than we so, think. It could be on the lawn. She could be in the middle. So Alvin Moore tried to appeal the case to the Arizona Supreme Court, but the Arizona Supreme Court denied it. But before he could push it to the Supreme Court, he had to be replaced due to health concerns. So this man's out. So, wait, he had to... So, before they can... He tried to push it to the Arizona Supreme Court. They denied it. So okay. Then he... Before he could even try to the Supreme Court, he uh, had some health concerns and got replaced. Replaced? What does that mean? They put someone else in for him? Yeah. So, I'll get that in a minute. <coughs> After... Wait, so, wait. He got replaced? Yeah, they took him out. <laughs> no. No, 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 I'm asking if they put a random citizen in. No, 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 no. He got replaced. Hold on, I'll, I'll get to it. Okay. After failing on the appeal of the Supreme Arizona Supreme Court in June of 1956, Miranda's now new lawyer John Flynn, who is going pro bono. Do you know what pro bono means? Yes, free. Yeah. Charity work. I love pro bono. I love that word. For Miranda to take his case all the way up to the Supreme Court. Okay, so a little backstory on John Flynn. John Flynn became what? What do we have to know about John Flynn? We have How to, is he? In I have to give a backstory of all these guys. You do? Yes, because Ernesto's second lawyer and his lawyer in the case Miranda versus Arizona, the okay. Supreme Court case, 
So before the case, John Flynn was more famous in his involvement with a very popular case in Arizona, an abducted wealthy woman named Evelyn Smith in 1952. Flynn successfully defended the man that was accused of kidnapping the woman Thanks to the trial, the Arizona court created a rule that said if you refuse to be a witness against yourself, the refusal cannot be used as a point against you in court. So he's very famous for defending criminals. So he's got Supreme Court cases upon Supreme Court cases. Yeah, he's stacked up. He's built different. <laughs> the kind of dude that makes like um, Roe versus Wade kind of thing. He's an amendment is. kind of dude. I don't know who that is. Roe versus Wade is what created abortion, Mallory. Oh, <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> it also said that he was a very passionate speaker and gave amazing speeches during the trial that had the court so impressed that on June 13th, 1966, Chief Justice Earl Warren read the final decision in a 5-4 to four ruling reversing the Arizona Supreme Court decision and declared that Miranda's confession could not be used as evidence in a criminal trial. And that's how this whole thing with Miranda Routes came about, right? Yeah. But here's the thing, though. What I don't understand. Um, so, Miranda Routes, you have to be read them, right? Yeah. So, back then, he says that he didn't understand his rights, but Miranda Routes weren't a thing back then. So, I don't understand how this could be illegal. Because it, it's not like there was a because law. Because he that... wasn't insured of his Fifth and Sixth Amendment rights. But Miranda Routes wasn't a thing back then. Yeah, but he, he he didn't know his rights, so they had to ensure that he knew it because they're, they were violating his li- rights by not Were allowing... there laws back then that said that you have to know, they have to know them? Yeah, they, they violated his um, they, rights. How he, did they violate Because it? they basically, they're saying that his written confession was coerced. coerced. So that's a, it's, I plead the fifth, he violated mm-hmm. his fifth amendment and he was also denied a lawyer in interrogation. Hmm. Or an attorney. Okay, well I guess so, but... I don't know why I had to create a new thing in Miranda Rods whenever it was a thing in the beginning. Are you back? Are you backing up a criminal thing? No, I'm backing up the police officers that put him away. Okay. So Miranda went back for a retrial, but even without the confession used as evidence in the retrial, he was still found guilty and he was sentenced to 30 years in prison. No. I thought. See, I thought since he got it, um, the Supreme Court thing, I thought he got out of jail forever. Like, for. No reason. By the way, back to the replacing thing. He got oh sick. The health concerns. We don't know if he got sick. Just health concerns. And so he got cancer. taken to a hospital? He got taken out. <laughs> Why do you say replaced as in someone was put in his place? Because that's what happened. Who was put in his place? John Flynn! <laughs> his lawyer was put in prison for him. What? No. His lawyer was for... Oh, I thought we were talking about... What's his name? I thought we were talking about Ernesto getting replaced. <laughs> I thought Ernesto had health concerns. They put him in a hospital and they put someone Jana. random in his place in prison. Jana. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we've had three different legal outcomes so far. On the first trial, Alvin Moore, the judge overruled the objection, sentenced to 30 years. Okay. Supreme Court, they declared that Miranda's confession could not be used. And violated his fifth and sixth. And then on the retrial, even without the evidence, he was still found guilty and given the original 30 years. Mm-hmm. So, basically, it was kind of all for nothing. Kind of a win-win. Yeah. I mean, it made it to where, like, kind of made it... It's kind of all for nothing for me. Kind of made it harder for cops. <laughs> yeah, I mean... You have a right to mention anything you can say would be as easy as you in the court of law. Yeah, but there's so many cases where um, the cops will like forget to do that, and then all and of a sudden, and they can't use and that, they can't they use can't so use much evidence because of that. I think it's just made it harder. Because I mean, 
why can't they just wait until like maybe during the just the like the actual interview to be like, oh, by the way, these are rots. But that that was kind of that whole thing was all kind of nothing. I mean, you know, he became a, like a celebrity after. How? Because when he got out, because he only served thirty years. So how old was he in his fifties or something? He was in his twenties, early twenties. Was he in his fifties when he got out? No, he was on parole. I'll get to that in a second. He was on parole, and he he would sell like cards with his name autographed on them, and that's how he made money when he got on parole. I swear, I swear. Uh, no. Criminals get so much fame for no reason. Like the, all the women that threw themselves at Ted Bundy, ridiculous, ridiculous. I mean, have you seen Ted Bundy? Uh, no, mm-mm, mm-mm. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't. He is overrated. Let's talk about Jeffrey Dahmer. Yes, 100%. let's talk about Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey I'm Dahmer. telling you, he would have been bigger uh, than like Ted Bundy if he had killed women. Yes, hundred percent. That's the only thing that turned like you know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> People say he was insane. He was. He used to eat, eat them. He used to eat them. He would drill holes into their head to put chemicals then, yes. in to make them zombies. We talked about that in class. Insane. Didn't work. It didn't work for him. But insane. So, fortunately for Miranda, in December of 1972, well, can you imagine if he actually made like a scientific discovery and then he went to like some bro. like scientific lab and was like, guys, I know something, <laughs> and they're like, how did you come up with this? Just a theory. And then, <laughs> just a theory. Just a theory. <laughs> well, they're like, how did you get the patent or not uh, or the certificate to do uh, human trials? And he's like, you know, never mind. In China, <laughs> they give you. In China. <laughs> in China, they give you this path. Um, uh, remember the Holocaust and how they no, would take. No. <laughs> like, remember how the scientists used them. So my grandfather. Wow. <laughs> so my grandfather was a scientist. <laughs> okay, so he was put on parole. Uh. Don't put a okay. Don't put a rapist on parole. That's a bad decision to put a rapist on parole. What do you think? Yeah, obviously. I mean, yeah. Uh, but unfortunately for Miranda, on January thirty first, he was at a bar drinking, playing cards, when he got into a heated argument with a player and started to beat the crap out of this guy. So he's beating him down, beating him down. He's all bloody. So he goes to the bathroom, washes himself off. And the buddy's friend comes in, does the old nice. step, 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 shift him, shift him, lays him on the floor, and he busts out of there. So we had it coming. I swear, so, there's so many instances, like re- recently with the whole um, the shooting at the riot. Yeah. How all of the people that he killed were criminals or pedophiles. Who? Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, the one that he um, he was defending himself, and he shot three. Uh, oh, that seventeen-year-old kid. Yeah. He killed um uh someone who raped a child and then the two others were like I think either pedos or felons. I don't know that. And then that dude killed that dude, not or killed Ernesto, not even knowing he's a rapist. I mean, hey, he had it, it coming. It's just weird how karma somehow gets him. <laughs> All right. Wrapping up this episode with the question why is this case so famous? So, you of course you've heard he the line in Miranda rights. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's on Spanish. Bro, well, I gotta, I gotta make this longer. Okay, geez. So you know How the is line. To be? I just gotta, just gotta explain it. Okay. So you've heard the line: "You have the right to remain silent. Anything you can or say will be used against you in the court of law." Okay, well that was because of Miranda versus Arizona case. What if they're deaf? What if they're deaf? What do you do? They gotta sign it. What if you don't know sign language? Write it. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Write it. Isn't there like a little card that has it? 
I don't know. They have a marker board. <laughs> and so Wait, let me go to my patrol car. <laughs> Real quick, let me just grab some. So the sentence must be read to you while being detained to inform you of your rights to a lawyer and Wait. your right to plead the fifth. What? If you ever get arrested and it's one cop, just start signing and when they're like, oh, let me go get the thing, uh-huh. run. Just, just run. run. Yeah. I'm going to pretend I'm deaf to do that next time. Uh-huh. Okay. So that's it. Thank you for joining me on my first episode. If you're not my teacher listening to this, I hope you enjoy it. And if you are Mr. Johnson. Students listen to this? Yeah, sometimes. Oh, God. I I heard somebody's uh, Harrison Brown's podcast just before this. Oh, if it's Harrison Brown, that's listening. Oh, my gosh. Hi, Harrison. And if you're Mr. Johnson, please give me a good grade. All right. See you in the next episode. Howdy.